Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Rejuvenation's Health Radio on blogtalkradio.com. The show is brought to you by LipoLite Naples and your hosts are Dr. Ron and Dr. Ron. We are your station for everything natural. We are your station for information about slimming, shaping, and toning. We not only want you to live longer, we want you to have more life in those years. So without further ado, let's get on with today's show. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Dr. Ron Sr. here at Rejuvenations Health Radio on a beautiful day here in southwest Florida. Welcome, everyone. And I still want to continue thanking all of our listeners for making Rejuvenations Health Radio the number one Internet radio station in southwest Florida for health news. So thank you so very much. Well, uh, you know we're brought to you by Lipolite Naples, located at 1575 Pine Ridge Road in Naples, Florida, 239-331-5886. And you have to know that... Lipolite Naples is the only nitrogen cryo chamber in the state of Florida. And we'll talk a little bit uh, uh, about uh, cryo chamber today because as it relates to our topic for today, which is fibromyalgia. So if you want to contact Naples Cryo Spa, that is 239-658-COOL, which is 2665. And uh, if you have Internet access, uh, just check out cryonaples.com. It's a great website, lots of information. And if you're in the area and want to be a client, uh, you can do all the uh, paperwork before you arrive at the office. So two things before we get started. No treatment, my friends, is better than the wrong treatment. No treatment is better than the wrong treatment. And for Dante... Res ipsa locator. Well, if Dan was here, he would tell you that means the facts speak for themselves. So, you know, every week we've been uh, having a little bit of Latin here in in his honor. So uh, we'll we'll continue with that as long as I can have the time to look it up. So last week uh, I started on uh, a list of what really makes our body a miracle. So I'm going to review some of them and go on with them before we get to the show topic. Your heart pumps approximately 2,000 gallons of blood through its chambers every single day. You take around 17,000 breaths in a day, and you don't have to think about a single one. But if you want to stop breathing temporarily, you can voluntarily hold your breath. A typical pair of adult lungs holds a huge. It is estimated that tens of thousands of cells suffer cancer-causing lesions each and every day. But the miracle of the body sends special enzymes scuttling around to inspect DNA strands for faults and fixes them before they turn into tumors. Your brain does not stop working. It is estimated that about 50,000 thoughts pass through it each day on average. Some scientists, I must admit, put it closer to 60,000. 
So every minute, that's a whopping 35 to 48 thoughts. The, stu- the cells in your stomach lining produce alkaline. That's basic. That's like bicarbonate of soda type stuff. Substances every few milliseconds to neutralize the stomach acid. If they didn't do this, your stomach would digest itself because some of the acids are strong enough to dissolve metals. How many times a day do you blink? The miracle of our body has us blinking 28,800 times every day, with each one lasting a tenth of a second. Most of the body's energy is expelled via heat. Your body produces the same heat as a 25 watt light bulb over the course of a single day. And you know, these red blood cells, well, they literally shoot around the body, taking less than 60 seconds to complete a full circuit. This means that each of you make, each of the, your each of your red blood cells makes 1,440 trips around your body each and every day. So what's, why does it do that? To deliver oxygen and keeping your body energized. So each red blood cell lives for about 40 days before being replaced by a younger model. It's no surprise their lifespan is short, having made 60,000 trips around the body. Well, they definitely get exhausted. You shed more than a million skin cells each and every single day, but they are constantly replenished automatically to save you from turning transparent and becoming rather exposed. Your skin is actually an organ. In fact, it's the largest organ of the body. In fact, it has a square, a surface area of 18 square feet. So uh, a question that people ask, what's the largest organ of your body? It's not the liver, it's your skin. Well, your hair, if you still have any, I'm thinking of one person right now, it grows about a half a millimeter per day, and the average adult with a full scalp has 100,000 hairs on their head. That's 50 meters of hair growth Every single day. Well, let's uh, go a couple more here. Our brain and the brain and mouth work together to allow us to speak an average of around five thousand words a day. Well, that's if you're a woman, because studies suggest that men only speak two thousand words. Yet both sexes utter five hundred to seven hundred of real value. That is, get a job done or provide you useful information. Will the women out there have something to say about that suggestion? Um, I'm staying out of that one. Your liver, a huge organ, is busy over the course of a day. It is almost impossible to summarize all of its activities. It manufactures cholesterol, vitamin D, blood plasma, It identifies nutrients your body needs and stores some away for future use. It filters 1.53 quarts of blood every minute and produces a quart of bile every day to help you break down your food. Basically, you have a factory plant running inside you every day, and that by itself is pretty amazing. The glands in your mouth produce an incredible 1.5 liters of saliva every day. 
course, I tell my children, don't let me dribble because that's a lot of dribble. If this didn't happen, your mouth would dry up and become overrun with bacteria and you wouldn't be able to digest your food. The average male's testicles manufacture 10 million new sperm cells every day. Those that aren't used age and eventually are broken down inside the body and the nutrients are absorbed and put to use. Each of your kidneys contains one million tiny filters that work together to filter an average of 2.2 pints of blood every minute. That's 3,168 pints every single day, despite each kidney only being the size of your fist. If that wasn't enough, they also expel an average of 2.5 pints of urine from your body each and every day. And really, most amazing of all, your body cells are regenerating themselves every single day without any prompting. This means you have an entirely new set of taste buds every 10 days, new nails every 6 to 10 months, new bones every 10 years, even a new heart every 20 years. So the next time you think your body is starting to creak, just think about all the incredible things that are happening inside it each and every day because all of us really are a miracle. It's just uh, our bodies are incredibly amazing, and they are miracles. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I before we get on to fibromyalgia, I know this half hour goes so quickly, but I again I want to mention uh, something about aortic aneurysms because uh, as we get older, it, it is definitely a risk factor for dying. It can be the most serious health emergency in your life, and without medical help, you could be dead in two hours. And even if you get to a good hospital on time, your chances of survival are only 50-50. And that's what happens when you have an aortic aneurysm in the main artery in your body when it ruptures. The condition used to be extremely rare, but now reports of both aortic ruptures and tears in the aortic wall itself, that's called an aortic dissection, are on the rise. And guess what researchers have discovered? It turns out that one of the most widely used classes of antibiotics on the market, drugs I've talked to, uh, told you about before, in fact, we did a whole show on it about three months ago, could be leaving you with one of these ticking time bombs in your arteries, even years after you've stopped taking them. You know, you remember uh, John Ritter, the funny guy on, on television, he died suddenly in 2003. He was just a young, 54 years old. Ritter had an aortic aneurysm. And if it, and and it did burst with with him and put him in big trouble, but it looks like you don't need to have a history of arterial disease for one of these life threatening aneurysms to develop. You can just be one of the millions of American who ha- Americans who have taken a popular antibiotic to treat everything from bronchitis to I'm sorry to say hangnails. You see, researchers at the National Taiwan University Hospital found that patients who had taken fluoroquinolones, 
as the antibiotics in the past 60 days had double, got that? Double the chance of having an aortic aneurysm or that sudden tear in an artery wall, double. And fluoroquinolones are the most frequently prescribed antibiotics in the U.S., so this new study should be an urgent wake-up call. And you're probably familiar with drugs called Levaquin and Cipro. They are fluoroquinolones. That risk would be bad enough if these drugs were only used in the most serious cases, like treating bubonic plague, but doctors are handing this out like candy for sinus infections, urinary tract infections, all which can be treated with safer antibiotics and sometimes without drugs at all. Even worse, the researchers said that while the danger is highest for those who had taken fluoroquinolones recently, any past use still ups your chances of a rupture or a tear. That means even if it's been years since you took your last dose of one of these, you could still be facing a deadly risk. And you don't know about it, and I'm sure your doctor doesn't know about it. The drug companies and our government are acting like the latest research is some sort of earth-shattering surprise. They shouldn't. Seven years ago, the FDA added a black box warning to fluoroquinolones. Warning. A warning that they can cause tendon ruptures, such as ruptures, uh, uh, Achilles tendon ruptures and tendonitis. But here's the problem. The same collagen that makes up your tendons is also a major component of your aortic wall. In other words, drugs like Cipro, Levaquin can trigger an aortic aneurysm or a tear in an artery the same way that they can cause a tendon to rupture. So they can make you miserable in lots of ways and another one that I told you about and is documented is that the dangers of using fluoroquinolones to cause a peripheral neuropathy, a pain and tingling you can get in your hands and feet and can affect people of all ages. In fact, fluoroquinolone users have reported hallucinations, disorientation, violent reactions after taking these medications, not to mention the disabling tendon ruptures the ones the FDA finally got around to warning us about. So I guess the takeaway advice from this is if you are if you're if you're taking a fluoroquinolone or have in the past, uh, the, these researchers are advising that your doctor screen you for an aneurysm. And believe me, ladies and gentlemen, getting screened for an aneurysm, you can't be too careful. Because if they do rupture, it is too late. So sorry to start out that way, but I think information is important. And we can talk later on uh, next week maybe about proton pump inhibitors there. You know, Larry, the cable guy, does not have a medical degree. And uh, we'll talk about seniors living over age 70. And I just want to give out that phone number, 331-5886 or 658-COOL. Uh, which is 2665-658-2665, to contact Dr. Ron at the Rejuvenation Center for Cryotherapy. Well, ladies and gentlemen, fibromyalgia, you'll see it abbreviated FM, has been reported to affect up to 10% of the population. In most 
cases, patients are living with constant, unrelenting symptoms of the condition, which includes widespread pain in muscles, joints, stiffness, fatigue, sleep disturbances, irritable bowel syndrome, anxiety, depression, and cognitive disorders, just to name a few. So why am I bringing this up? Because more patients are now being diagnosed with fibromyalgia because now we're incorporating the new 2010 diagnostic criteria. Previously, fibromyalgia was diagnosed based on a positive physical exam finding 11 of 18 tender points. The new criteria, however, recognized a wide array of somatic systems, uh, symptoms and the multi-system involvement, which were neglected previously. The physical exam component is substituted for subjective reporting uh, as a widespread pain index. WPI, the physical exam and labs are utilized primarily to rule out other conditions such as myofascial pain syndrome, hypothyroidism, inflammatory myositis, and vitamin D deficiency. So just think of that. Those those conditions can mimic this widespread pain disorder. The combination of the widespread pain index and symptom severity scale are used to confirm the diagnosis of fibromyalgia when the symptoms are present for at least three months and cannot be accounted for by any other condition, like especially hypothyroidism and vitamin D deficiency. So fibromyalgia is still a diagnosis of exclusion and may be challenging to treat due to multi-system involvement. Biochemical and functional changes are exacerbated by a lack of sleep and chronic pain, leading to a variety of symptoms. So one of the hallmarks of this syndrome is a lack of good REM sleep. And Dr. Ron on Thursdays has talked about this on multiple occasions. A comprehensive therapeutic approach is essential to treat the symptomatic level as well as the underlying dysfunction. So it's always important to try and, and treat the basis of the disease rather than just the symptoms, but sometimes you have to treat the symptoms to get the patient, to get yourself feeling better, to get get some energy back, because there is a lot of lack of energy in this diagnosis, because the central, service, central nervous system is implicated based on various systemic pain, mood disturbances, sleep disturbances, cognitive disorders, this widespread centrally mediated pain has been called central sensitivity syndrome. That's from out of the University of Illinois. And, uh, you know, like I said, it, it includes so many symptoms, your bowels, tiredness, tension and migraine headaches, dysmenorrhea, periodic limb movement disorders, restless leg syndrome. How about that when you can't sleep because your legs are just can't can't get comfortable? Temporomandibular joint disorder and myofascial pain, which is all these tender spots stopping you know inhibiting your lifestyle. These share the common traits of pain, fatigue, poor sleep, and the absence of structural tissue pathology. 
That means if you took a biopsy, you can't diagnose it that way. And predominantly you're found in females. Now, the Gulf War syndrome and multiple chemical sensitivity has also been thought to be similar, if not the same condition. And uh, Dr. Melzock and Walls, who I studied with in Canada, uh, you know, they, they are the ones that use centrally, uh, say, cranial electrotherapy to treat this disorder. So, anyway, the disorder is ubiquitous because of the new diagnostic criteria. Uh, more people are, are going to be uh, labeled with uh, chronic fatigue syndrome or its cousin, uh, fibromyalgia. And, and these diagnoses represent a severe, a severe energy crisis in the body. When energy levels drop below a certain point, the area using the most energy for its size, uh, that's a good, good, good 60-minute question there, what, what, what would that be? That's the hypothalamus. It goes offline. In essence, it acts like a circuit breaker that clicks off when a circuit is overloaded. So what does this hypothalamus control? Well, it controls overall hormonal function via the pituitary gland. It controls sleep, making disordered sleep a hallmark of these symptoms. Autonomic function, contributing to irritable bowel syndrome, endometriosis, and other autonomic dysfunctions. Temperature regulation, a hypothalamus has a lot to do with that. This is why most people run lower than 98.6 temperatures. Temperatures over 99 suggest an antibiotic-sensitive infection. Low energy also causes the muscles to get stuck in a shortened position. It takes more energy for a muscle to contract than to expand. That's the lengthen, which is why our muscles get tight after a heavy workout instead of getting loose and limp. Chronic muscle shortening results in chronic pain called myofascial pain. The chronic pain then triggers secondary central sensitization and small fiber neuropathy. So your muscles are tender and they get short. Multiple immune deficiencies are also seen, and the recent clinical experience of, of Dr. Silvery shows a possible association between low levels of immunoglobulin 3. Isn't that interesting? So it might be an immune dysfunction also. So maybe we're the missing link is between our immune system and our nervous system. So what do we do about it? There's, this is something you really have to work with your health care provider. And Dr. Tietelbaum, that's T-E-I-T-E-L-B-A-U-M, who used to have an office near mine in, in Pennsylvania. He used to be in Westchester, Pennsylvania. He came up with a SHINE protocol. The S stands for sleep. Really important that you get a good night's sleep. Non-restorative sleep. With insomnia is the hallmark of chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia. And so you have to work with your health care provider to use whatever it takes, melatonin, phosphatidylserine, or at times maybe even some medication 
Now, so that's the S. So shine, S-H, the hormones. Because, remember we said the hypothalamus is involved. Well, that hypothalamic pituitary axis controls almost all the hormones in your body. And most tests rely on normal hypothalamic pituitary function. Treatment is based on a mixture of clinical signs and symptoms along with actual hormone levels. That a test is in the normal range means very little in this diagnosis. Bioidentical hormones should be used and adjusted to optimize function along with natural support. The I, S-H-I. Infections, immunity. So there are literally dozens of infections that can that can cause a person to have an energy crisis, uh, like they used to say, blow a fuse. Most important is treating candida, and that is more prevalent than most physicians like to think about because of the overuse of antibiotic and antibiotic-sensitive infections such as Lyme disease. Very important. S-H-I. Now we're to the end. Nutritional support. So this year, again, you have to work with your health care provider. And uh, you just don't want to take handfuls of medication, but you need to take some powders. A daily energy infusion and vitamin powder might be just fantastic. Coenzyme Q10, omega-3 fatty acids, all important in treating this this disorder. So S, sleep, H, hormones, I, infections, N, nutritional, nutritional support, E, exercise as able. Too much exercise will result in what is called post-exertional fatigue, where the person feels bedridden the next day. Not enough exercise will result in deconditioning, which is just as bad. So, you know, patients are, work with their health care provider, get a pedometer, and monitor themselves. And they also, their pain has to be taken care of. You know, like an oil light on your dashboard, pain is your body's way of saying that something needs attention. So if uh, you're having a lot of pain, the appropriate treatments are necessary. Narcotics are rarely needed, but are much less toxic than chronic pain when they are needed. Helpful treatments for pain include natural treatments and pharmaceutical treatments. So remember, no treatment is better than the wrong treatment. So that's uh, about fibromyalgia. It really affects more women than men and can be quite debilitating. So let's see, where are we on time, ladies and gentlemen? So we have two and a half minutes to go. Let's just see about next week. We should talk about thyroid disease and perchlorates. Perchlorates are they're actually contaminating our groundwater supply. People living on the East Coast, California, Texas, or Southwest have the highest environmental exposures and and their foods grown there are most contaminated, even organic. So maybe we'll talk about poor perchlorates and how perchlorates affect your thyroid. Because Dr. Broda Barnes was, every day he's been proven right on the money that 
high-power underactive thyroidism is markedly underdiagnosed. And, and poor thyroid function has been linked to serious health conditions from fibromyalgia, irritable bowel syndrome, autoimmune diseases, thyroid cancer. It, it is hypercholesterolemia. It's important for nerve growth factor. Really important. So maybe next week we will talk about diagnosing and treating thyroid disease and the chemicals that can rob your thyroid. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Dr. Ron. You've been listening on Blog Talk Radio. I hope I have been able to keep your attention. I hope you learned something new. And looking forward to uh, next week when we will talk about thyroid and uh, some products and chemicals that can give you an underactive thyroid and that are fighting your body from healing and, and doing well. So I appreciate everything, an attitude of gratitude. Uh, remember, Dr. Ron at Rejuvenations in, in Naples, uh, 239-658-COOL-BABY. And remember, one thing, whole body cryotherapy has been noted to decrease the pain of fibromyalgia in as little as five treatments. And this is in a great, a great journal called the Clinical Journal of Rheumatology. It resets the inflammatory imbalance in fibromyalgia patients. So if you have fibromyalgia, you know, I would advise you to see Dr. Ron. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I will see you next week. Have a great week, and thank you for tuning in. This is Dr. Ron. Dr. Ron and Dr. Ron have left the building. Thank you for listening to Rejuvenation Health Radio.